and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their highly resilient mattresses have a long-lasting foam core and are made right in the store. And there's lots of cover choices too, so stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99W and online at futon-man.com. This is Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. At the 1980 Moscow Olympics, a 21-year-old Latvian named Dainis Kula won the gold medal in the men's javelin with a little help from some friendly stadium maintenance men. Back then, Latvia was not an independent country, so Kula was competing for the Soviet Union, which was hosting the 1980 Summer Games, boycotted by the United States. With Cold War fever at its highest pitch, Russian track and field officials concocted an ingenious plan to increase their team's medal count. They instructed the maintenance men to open the doors at the end of Moscow Stadium only when Soviet javelin throwers were making their tosses, giving them the advantage of a substantial tailwind. That little edge was enough to give Dainis Kula a gold medal and earn the Soviet Union's clever cheating scheme a mention as a little-known legend of sports. I'm Matt Vaskersian. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes. I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FUN for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code FUN to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code FUN. Hey Siri. Uh-huh. Take me to the Joe Beaver Show. 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show. 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Coming here, Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad, this mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. That was close COVID. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is, I guess, preparing us for, and I haven't looked into it, but I did driving home down Interstate 5 yesterday. It's it's fun to go out to Ron Tonkin Field in Hillsborough. There was a lot of traffic. If any of you went, want to share your experiences via the text line, phone line, we have A.J. McCord, who worked on the KRCW 
local telecast last night as sort of a dugout Aaron Andrews-type role in Omaha when Aaron was kind of getting her career launched. We saw her in Omaha and uh, her presence at uh, Rosenblatt Stadium and covering the team in those years, 06 and I believe 07 too, but I know she was a uh, she was around for every game in 06 and interviewing Pat Casey and the players, mm-hmm. and uh, that created uh, you know a little bit of a splash in its own right with her hanging around the batting cage and the dugouts. And I remember even just, you know, lap, who's going to, uh, I'll do it. I'll do the interview today. You know, <laughs> uh, people who might uh, more gen- generally speaking, be a bit more reticent about it was yeah. the same way when uh, Jesse Palmer was in the booth <laughs> for one of the games. I think it was the Thursday night game uh, with Jaquiz Rogers. I think he was a part of that broadcast and the buzz in the booth is yeah. like, oh, really? Yeah. But it works on both it, sides. It does work both ways. Anyhow, A.J. McCord was the dugout reporter yesterday. I saw her doing her work a couple of hours before the game, talking to Wade Meckler and a couple of other players and Mitch Canham, and then did sideline reporting, so to speak. I was busy doing the radio call, but would love to hear from any of you who said, yeah, I watched it. It was pretty good. It was okay. The Production values were good. It was surprisingly good, or, well, not so much. I mean, whatever you have to share about that, feel free to jump in, 497-5356. If you went out to the game itself, your thoughts. It, it, it was a win, which is the most important thing yeah. that comes out yeah. of these midweek games. And I will say that while the Beaver Bats did not really get going, save for back-to-back triples, in the eighth and ninth innings with no runs out of them. I don't know how closely you were listening, but I think I declared, I said, how many times have you seen innings open with triples? And I (laughs) I answered my own question. Well, you haven't seen it very often, have you? You know, I know I haven't. Right. But even more, John, triples to lead off innings and no runs in either inning. That, that, that's almost impossible to say, you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a triple here lead off the inning, and you're going to get a triple here to lead off the next inning. You know how many runs you're going to get out of it? Zero. I wouldn't have, I just would, Never. no, that's not, that. that's just really not likely. Or Astronomical pro- odds. Right. And yeah. yet, that is what took place last night. So It wasn't there a game not long ago, bases loaded and no runs coming in. Yeah, and that, that that's a little more. Nobody out. I know, I know, but that 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 in a sense, I've seen that more often. It mm-hmm. happens more often. Lead off triples. Well, yeah, no, but triples don't happen. The triples very don't often. happen very often. The lead off triple guy third, nobody out. Feels like I almost felt like I get better chance of scoring there than bases loaded, yeah. nobody out. Yeah, because a strikeout is one out, then a ground ball double play, and that's exactly what happened to the Beavers last night. They have the bases loaded, nobody out, strikeout, double play. Yeah. But a runner at third, nobody out, on a triple to open the inning, you figure that's going to translate into something. Last night it didn't. All I'll say to, to that, though, is this. The Beavers won the game, and the fact that they they lead the Pac-12 conference in walks drawn served them well. They weren't hitting the ball particularly well. But when they needed to create a little separation Without really much going offensively, bless their hearts, they drew their walks. Get on base. And scored enough runs to get out in front and win 5-1. to one. So that's a good win for the team. Not a great win, but a good well, win. And any win in, in a certain level is great. So you take it's it. It's not a bad pilot team. No, it isn't. Not a bad team at all. 17-10 and 10 before the mm-hmm. loss. 
and uh, trying to make some noise, no doubt. I, I'm not sure about Gillis, whether he had stuff last night or not. Good crowd, he though. He looked good. Um, there was one observation I had on the uh, the production. I only watched a oh. little bit of it and listened okay. to you the rest of the time. Um, so I heard everything, but I didn't see everything. But the one time that I did see, and graphics and coverage look fine, but I did notice that this, the field itself, they need to put some uh, a green puffy padded fence because, you know, the cyclone makes it look like a high school field. Does it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm you surprised. didn't care for that visual. Yeah, and I'm surprised that a that a pro team would, because would, it's little things that make the difference. True. It really is, and it's little things that people wouldn't think of, and that would be one of them. Doug also uh, reported, too. And he I, went, didn't he? He did yeah. go. He had a meeting up in uh, Tiger and then went out with his family. And noted that uh, along the third base line, most of the game through seven innings, the sun was ridiculously in their face. Everybody on the third base side having to hold something up to block the sun, mm-hmm. and that gets you to thinking. Well, that's a you know that's a professional place. Why did they do that? How did they? What were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if it was later in the night for a seven o'clock first pitch, it would be less innings to deal with it, so on and so forth. But just little observations, but I, I also think that whole complex is fantastic. It, it I is. was telling Dougie that it wasn't there when I was working in Hillsboro. It was all high school coverage and everything, and, and, and it was not there. And then after I came down here to Corvallis, they built the football stadium first, and then the complex around it with all the softball diamonds and everything. And um, I think it's really cool to have that. And, you know, maybe more games should be up there. I know there was a time a few years back when a uh, Beaver football spring game was right. on the football field. Right. And an hour later, the baseball game. Central Arkansas place. back in 16. They played there in 18. They played there in 19 and played there last night. I like it as an annual trip yeah. against the Portland Pilots or, you know, a neutral site team. That Central Arkansas series, if I remember, was two games at Goss and one up there to coincide with the spring game. Yeah, so it's a, it's a neat deal, and it's a great opportunity for Portland area Beaver yes. fan to be able to get out to the ball game. And they came out in good numbers. If you made the trip, if you have some observations about the aesthetics of the ballpark, Rich Burke was telling me the other day, Rich, the longtime voice of the Hillsboro Hops, he said they're going to be refurbishing everything in the ballpark. Now, they, I, they can't change the angle and the configuration right. completely in terms of that sun problem, but it was... Cool last night, pleasant enough, I think, even mm-hmm. with that glaring sun issue. People who went up there four years ago, it was withering heat. Mm. I mean, it was really hot back in the 18th uh, game, I remember. Yeah, yeah. But it was later in the year, I believe, too. But as we go to break and come back and visit with A.J. McCord about Drew Eubanks, about Jade Carey, about other stories she's been following and telling in her work as a reporter, for coin television as a well as a former gymnast herself and last night working the dugouts and trying to tell stories on the local telecast on krcw in portland we'd love to hear from you via the text line 497-5356 we'll take a break hope to hear your observations about the experience last night of the ball game either on television radio the the stream attending it i hope you got to go and do you hope that, yeah let's keep that would you give up a home game if it were a beaver game to have one of those up there this was a pilot's home game last night 
the attendance numbers were interesting, and you may have heard me talking about it. We've seen 4,800 there. Right, right. Last night they announced 35, but it didn't, it didn't look that much smaller, 1,000 smaller than other trips we've seen up there. So I, I'm not yeah. sure how they reckon upon That's that number. Yeah. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with A.J. McCord from Coin, who worked the ball game last night, her first baseball game ever, she said, in trying to find features and do interviews in the dugouts. And so I don't know how that all went, but we'll ask her next on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. If you're an experienced modeler, or maybe you're just starting out, Trump's Hobbies is there to help. Trump's carries the latest in RC cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, model trains, fantasy games, paints, parts, and supplies. Trump's is an old-fashioned hobby shop that's been around answering questions and fixing problems since 1972. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today. Online at MiddletonHeating.net. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years' experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany. Online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Well, it's finally here, the start of the 2022 baseball season. The Mariners on the road from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Mariners against the Twins in game one of a four-game series. Hi again, everybody. This is Rick Riz along with Gary Hill, Jr. Best day of the year, 110 first pitch. We'll take the air at noon for the pregame show on your Mariner station. And again this year, the Mariners will be on 990 KTHH and 1240 Joe Radio. Game one Thursday on Joe that's actually Friday now because about an hour ago they decided to push it back to Friday because of snow in uh, Minneapolis. It's so go- <laughs> going to be a shock to the system, a film I never saw with Michael Caine, but I remember the title. There's certain titles you mm, remember. Mm. You say, well, that might be interesting to see. Never saw it, but I like Michael Caine, but I know the title was a shock to the system. And for those jokers 
who have been calling games languishing in the sun in yeah. Goodyear and Surprise, yeah. mm. Peoria. They were talking a lot about degrees. it. Did you hear him yesterday? No, I know. They've been, they've been dwelling on it. <laughs> and we're going to do Minneapolis. Do you have your coat? You got yeah. your, your puffy ski <laughs> I, coat? You're ready to go? I've been enjoying their banter about that. It was now, funny. Last night in Hillsboro. Well, we can ask AJ. Well, you were talking was about how beautiful it had become. It had become beautiful. But yeah. both AJ and I were uh, several hours, a couple of hours before the game. AJ McCord, who worked on the broadcast last night, we we welcomed the nicer weather. It got nice. The nicest part of the day was for the Beavers and Pilots at Ron Tonkin Field. But AJ and I both noted on our trip out there that we were dealing with showers yeah. and rain. It got better. But it was a little on the chilly side. You had a good crowd, a good event. A.J. McCord worked the telecast last night. She's with Coin TV. kind enough to join us. A.J., how are you? And, and we, you and I both were noting that the weather finally got good for the game. I know. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on. Yeah, it was beautiful last night at uh, Ron Tonkin. But I'm always such a such a wuss. When the sun goes down, I put on like three different jackets, have one over my legs, because I just I just get very chilly. But it was beautiful weather, no rain, nothing like that. So it was a lot of fun and a great crowd. Yeah, it really was, and that's what comes from uh, being from San Diego. It's got to be oh. tough to make <laughs> make the adjustment for for There's you. There's the reason. Yeah, but hey, we'll get to that yeah. in a moment, AJ. But you also told me you were kind enough to say. That that was your first work on a baseball telecast. So tell us what your role was and how you think things went. Well, um, so I was sideline reporter for the game, so I got to sit sort of next to the Beavers dugout and um, just tell some stories about the players, about Coach Canham, Coach Loomis, both those coaches coaching for their alma mater. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just tried to tell the story for for fans watching the game who may not know those teams quite as well and then um do some interviews in there which i really appreciated how uh casual i guess i'll say the interviews were because i was talking to coach cam like hanging out over the edge of the dugout with um you know like while the game was going on which you certainly could never get away with in football or basketball so (laughs) it was a lot of fun yeah Good. AJ, this is John for a, for a, a person here in our listening audience and myself included who doesn't get the CW. Um, is this common? Are you doing more and more local sports on that television channel up in the Portland area? Yes, we are. So our general manager at Coin and, and Portland CW is really, really adamant about local sports and making sure the athletes here get just as much play as possible and as much viewership as possible. So we called, we had the um, high school football 6A state championships semifinals and then the championship game, both on the CW. We've done some UP PSU basketball. We've done um, high school state basketball. And then we, of course, did the game last night between UP and Oregon State. So we're just sort of getting going at Coin and, and Portland CW. And, you know, we have... The Winterhawks, you'll be able to find hot schemes there and a few other things. So um, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Do you work with Cor Harlan? I do work with – I rarely see Cor because he and I are um, very, very different schedule-wise. But um, I rarely see him, but yes, I well, the reason, with him. The reason why I ask, and I know you're you're not new to the to the business, but, but compared to me and Mike, you are – 20 years ago, Cor and I went to high school together, 
and we were two years, no, one year apart. He graduated, moved on. I had no idea he was interested in getting into any kind of broadcasting business. I was in Indianapolis doing a game for Mike because Mike was still involved with football, and I'm doing the men's basketball game. After the game that night, we, we went out, me and a couple of other guys went out, and I'm in this, this establishment, and the TV is on behind me in downtown Indianapolis. I recognize the voice immediately. <laughs> Turn around, and here was Cor Harlan doing the late-night sports. And then in, in the ensuing years, he moved back to Portland and is doing what he's doing now. And just you talking about local sports up there and, and Coin TV being a member of the family got me to thinking about Cor and, and how. And then for you, moving forward, you, you may be in Nowheresville, Minnesota, and find somebody that you saw or knew in San Diego growing up. It's just a weird, small world, especially in broadcasting. It definitely is, without a doubt. It, and it feels like it gets smaller everything, like the longer you're in it. So um, it's always fun to catch up with with people. You know, like one of the things that was really fun for me when I moved here was um, the sports information director at the University of Arkansas. A few years into my, maybe a year into my time here, he became the FID for Oregon. And so that's just kind of how it works. This is um, a lot, a lot of people moving, a lot of times covering different teams, but all sort of circling the same, the same orbit. And so you end up uh, running into people down the road, which is always really fun. A.J. McCord from Coin and 1080 The Fan with her own show starting here shortly. So I want to kind of jump into Was there anything in particular before we ask about some other personalities and stories and with some Oregon State connections, A.J.? Anything last night that kind of was your... I guess, favorite moment, maybe talking to Mitch in the casual atmosphere, watching how the team came in and off the field. I mean, what were some of the things that kind of grabbed your attention last night? Well, it was really the first time that I've gotten a chance to watch Oregon State up close under Mitch. And I think one of the coolest things was seeing just how his leadership style really rubs off on on all of his players and just how, you know, he talks a lot about how he wanted to he had a meeting last night or yesterday afternoon, I guess, with the team before they came from Corvallis up to Ron Tonkin and it was all about how um instead of focusing on winning every game, he wanted them to focus on winning every inning and winning every pitch. And that way, you know, coming off of the series against Stanford, it was just sort of a way to keep you know, to harness the emotions that come along with college baseball of like what can happen when somebody puts up a three spot on you and then you have to come back and, and recover from that and I thought it was really cool to see his team really buy into that and also um, to see how that affected it. You know, Wade Meckler had that crazy catch in left field, and the dugout went crazy. And as soon as he runs in, everybody's out meeting him with high fives. And I think it was pretty cool to see how passionate the Beavers were about the defensive side of the ball as much as they were about the hits and, and, you know, the runs scored. I think that's something that Mitch told me before the game. He's really trying to emphasize with this team. And, they're really buying into it, and I think it's something that um, will serve Oregon State well uh, throughout the season. AJ, you, we talked a little bit yesterday uh, and, and a little bit today about some of the other things that you've been covering in storylines. I'm looking at uh, the just-completed NCAA tournaments for both the men's and women's. You covered the regionals uh, and action. I mean, I'm not sure exactly all that you covered. Maybe you could give us a sense of that. Mm-hmm. But let's stay with the uh, the women's game for a moment. First of all, yeah. there, there's so much... In our world, let's start here maybe with what I consider almost bad news, or at least I don't know if it's disconcerting news, but Oregon State has another player go into the portal in Taylor Jones joining 
Kennedy Brown and Greta Kampschrader in the transfer portal. And I'm reading articles everywhere about the incredible number of players throughout our conference and in the country going into the portal. As a fan of women's basketball, and that's certainly true on the men's side, too, what do you make of all of that, AJ? You know, I think that's a really interesting thing is just that women's college basketball, we're just starting to see how, um, you know, I think it, part of it comes with parity, right, is that we're seeing so many teams go deeper into the tournament and we're having it's not just the blue bloods of UConn, UConn, and UConn. And so it, it turns into a situation where I think more programs are gaining the attention of of basketball players around the country. And, um, you know, they're seeing the opportunities from NIL and, the opportunities for, you know, highlighting sort of their own brand. I mean, there's, I think there's 88 players who declared for the WNBA draft this year. And as you guys know, there's so few teams in the WNBA, so few roster spots. There's just not that feasible, um, you know, going pro is not, is not going to be, there's just not that many, not that many spots for, for players to go pro. And so in women's college basketball, I think it really is important for these women to highlight their brand and, and to, um, you know, get themselves in the best position to succeed, whether that's professionally or off the court. And so I think that's sort of what you're seeing is just that women's basketball has more parity in terms of which coaches and which conference, uh, and which teams have made it really far in the tournament and are starting to make more impressions here and there. And um, I think that's, I think that's a big part of it. You mentioned to me that ratings have come out about the women's tournament and the final in particular. What did you find there? Uh, we found that people really enjoy watching women's basketball. And <laughs> if you put it on a place where it's easy to find, then a lot of people will watch it. And I think that that's something that, for those of us who have followed women's basketball forever, that's been you know the, the gripe is you always talk about like, oh well, no one watches women's sports, and it's like well it's hard to find women's sports on television. And so when you make it easier to find, people will start watching it. And so ESPN, ESPN PR team tweeted out that the national championship had 4.85 million viewers, which is up 18% from last year, 30% from 2019, peaked at nearly 6 million viewers. And so that's massive. And you think about, like, I think it was uh, – the American Idol was on ABC that night, and it pulled 4.72 million <laughs> viewers. Mm-hmm. So, like, women's basketball is, is what people, like, people want to watch it, but you also have to make it easy for people to watch, which is the same with every sport. So um, it's really great numbers coming out for, um, for fans of women's basketball, and hopefully the investment just continues. A.J. McCord from Coin Television and worked last night as the dugout sideline reporter for the Beaver baseball game at Ron Tonkin Field against Portland. AJ, what about the the question now that I'm reading and hearing about home sites versus neutral sites in the NCAA mm-hmm. women's basketball tournament? What do you make of that question? Do you do you have a position? What are you hearing from coaches, et cetera? I'm hearing some coaches that are pretty split in terms of whether they want to go away from the um, from the home sites in the first round or not. Personally, I think women's college basketball atmosphere is just unbelievable and you think of Matthew Knight you think of Bill Coliseum just around the Pac-12 some of these venues and how ardently they support women's basketball I personally am not like dying to see the NCAA tournament move away from that I think that's a really special way for schools to showcase what makes their college special and not just you know 
their their basketball team really good. Um, in fact, like when we're talking about college football playoff expansion, I'm one of the ones who's advocating, hey, if we had a 12 team, have the first round be at the higher seeds home stadium. How fun would that be to be able to highlight? I think that's what makes college so special. I think that's what, what makes college sports so special. And so I love highlighting the, the universities themselves and, um, you know, more than just what's happening on the court. So if I had a vote, I would probably vote to keep it at the, the home sites. But I don't have a vote. It's up to the coaches in the NCAA and, and the women's basketball aficionados who are actually um, affected by, by that decision. I'll go cover it wherever it is. I believe it's done, too. I, someone had said that this was the last year before moving it to neutral sites. Um, is that your understanding, AJ, or not? Do you know? <clears throat> you know, that's a good question. I'll have to check, I'll have to double check on that. Um, I know they've been talking about it. There's a lot of talk about how they can advance the women's game and how they can make it more accessible. And so, um, I wouldn't be surprised if those decisions are already in in the works. A couple of quick hits. I hear you typing, getting ready for your own show. So, a couple of quick hits. <laughs> Drew Eubanks has been a story. I mean, the Blazer season is what it is. I keep hearing. Other people, my good friend Chad up in Portland on radio, celebrating each loss. This is what we want, Blazer fans. In the meantime, though, Drew Eubanks has gotten some good run, AJ. I don't know how many practices, games you go to to cover, whether you've spoken with Big Drew or not, but you know, maybe you could put his season in context with what the Blazers have been doing this year. Well, I think for somebody like Drew Eubanks, it's about what, you know, what can you do this season, which is not necessarily they're going out there and trying to win, but can you be a fixture on this team when everybody is back healthy? Are you a viable backup for Yusuf Nurkic if that's the direction that the team goes? Can you come off the bench and be effective for this team? Next year when they're going to have a fully healthy Damian Lillard, when they're going to have a fully healthy Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic theoretically or whomever else they surround Dame with. And so that's really been from what I've talked to Chauncey and what I've talked to Drew about is, you know, while the wins and losses don't necessarily affect his standing with the team, they just they want to see how he plays and they want to see if he can be a an option for this team down the road. Do you think he's played? I mean, just based on your view of things, well enough to say that they would say, yeah, he can be that guy. I mean, I think so. You don't sign <clears> as many ten <throat> day contracts as he has without coach without Chauncey Billups thinking that he something in him. So I think so, but I think there's so many things up in the air with this Blazers team in terms of what they're going to look like next year. It could be entirely different, but I do think Drew has put quite a few things on tape to maybe help him, you know, get get some other contract in the league, and whether it's with the yeah. Blazers or not. He's certainly gotten a lot of minutes in the last uh, few weeks with the Blazers. Last thing, AJ, and that is your take on a transcendent athlete at Oregon State, maybe one of the greatest ever to come through here, and I hope we appreciate Jade Carey for who she is, what she's done. She was a superstar when she got here. You competed at a very high level in gymnastics before an injury kind of curtailed your career, but you must have some sense of the amazing athlete she is. What do you make of Jade Carey at Oregon State? Jade Carey is as wonderful of a human being as she is a gymnast, which is saying something about a gold medalist, and she is um, just one of the sweetest personalities that I've ever gotten a chance to cover. She is going to be such a great ambassador for Oregon State. And I think, you know, I got a chance to cover Jade and then also Jordan Childs, who's out of Vancouver, and she's competing for UCLA. And I think it's really cool to see women's gymnastics and, and gymnasts, right, because we talk about NIL, and a lot of, a lot of gymnasts 
you know, for Jade, like she, she made it to the Olympics before she started in college and same with Jordan Childs. And so the fact that these women can now take advantage of their most, um, you know, their brightest moment, right. Mm -hmm. In their sport, which is the Olympics and not have to worry about that interfering with whether or not they can compete in college and get a very different atmosphere of, of the team and, and much more laid back is, is really, really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to watch Jade and Jordan and the rest of the Olympians, um, you know, compete through college is a sport that's new and dear to my heart. So it's, it's a lot of fun to see her at Oregon State. And that new practice facility in Corvallis is unbelievable. I got a chance to check that out. It is sweet. I do not think Jade is going to be the last high-profile gymnast to make their way to Corvallis. So I know we said last thing, but I, I want to get clarification before we lose you. Uh, she tweeted today, I'm excited to announce that I'll be pursuing elite gymnastics while remaining dedicated to my Beaver family. I felt it was important for this announcement to come from me as I proudly accept my invitation to national team camp. But for now, I'll see you in Fort Worth. That's where nationals are. Does that mean she has to leave or can she do the the elite thing and the beaver thing at the, at the same time? That's a good question. Um, I am not sure of the answer to that, actually. Things have changed so much since I was pursuing elite and collegiate gymnastics that I'm not entirely sure if they are, uh, you know, if it's like she has to take a year off and then come back or when the match or when the meets are compared to the collegiate season. So that's a good question. I'm not sure, but the fact that she says she's still dedicated to Jim B's family means that you're definitely going to see her back in Corvallis competing for Oregon State at some point. AJ, it was a pleasure to see you at the ballpark last night and to visit with you. Thanks for making time for us today and your uh, thoughts and insights on all of these matters. We just scratched the surface, but I hope we can do it again down the road. Thanks for making time for us. Have a good show today. Thank you so much. You guys, too. Thanks, AJ. AJ McCord from Coin Television. She has her own radio show coming up noon to 3 on 1080. The Fan in Portland. Open phones. I may put out a call, too, and, and I don't know if uh, if our friend Tim is listening. Timmy, we may be reaching out to you because here we are again with Portal News. Yeah. Tim Ewis, and I'll, Tim Ewis texted me and us after the show the other day when we were talking about the portal. And now his own daughter in the volleyball world, already he is seeing coaches in that world beginning to vet potential recruits in his, in at least from what he's observed, questions about sort of the... Down to junior high? Uh, Joy is a ninth grader. Okay, but but what? But what? Anyway, Tim just had an interesting take on a, as a parent, and even what he's seen in the volleyball world with respect to the portal. And I'm just wondering, as we go to break, how Beaver Nation's reacting to this kind of news. If it were only Oregon State, you know, and you had three players in a week or whatever declare for right. the portal or enter right. into it or whatever, oh, boy. But it's everywhere, everywhere. throughout the conference. Oregon. And, yeah, and so you can't. It, so I'm just wondering what you make of it. Part of what I get is from in reading and articles and so on, the portal it's as almost as, you know, the whole, why did you climb Mount Everest? Because it is there. <laughs> why did you go into the portal? Well, because it was there. <laughs> 497-5356. I mean, I, 
you have some thoughts on it, either way, feel free. 497-5356, Beaver Baseball last night. More portal news, what you make of it. You like the idea of home court for women's basketball games in the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament, or do they need to go to neutral sites, in a sense, to be on sort of equal footing and not give home court advantage to teams? I mean, what you have thoughts on any of those matters or others? 497-5356-1240, Joe Radio. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley. Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley. Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up. You knock them down. Island Bowl. Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beeves! It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Yeah, and I can read that uh, text uh, tweet for you if you would like. Yeah, I, I would. I, to balance some of the news that we're, we're hearing, I wouldn't mind hearing that if you got it. Um, I. Uh, but as you look for it, I'm I, trying to send a. I'm trying to get clarification on the Jade Carey right. situation. What that? What her? What does her tweet right. mean with respect to? Is it participating in both? Being a member of the Beaver team and the elite team at the same time. This is, I'm not sure I fully understood. Right, in the, in the release yeah, or so, the statement. <clears throat> and that came from her, right? That wasn't right. a release from no, Amy and Oregon State Gymnastics. There's some tricky verbiage in here, and I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Here's the verbiage. Uh, you know, it's all about. From Jade? Uh, from Jade. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be here in this moment without my Beaver family, their endless love and support. She's saying how much she loves Oregon State. Okay. I'm excited to announce 
that I will be pursuing elite gymnastics while remaining dedicated to my Jim Beaver family. Well, you can be and dedicated. I don't know what that means. I Is felt, that a philosophical dedication? Right, right, exactly. Participation dedication. I, her last paragraph, I felt it was important for this announcement to come from me, so mm-hmm. why would that need to be? Yeah. As I proudly accepted my invitation to national team camp, but for now I'll see in Fort Worth. Yeah, I felt I, this announcement needed to come from me. Sounds like a I have to leave you type of thing. Well, but, yeah, but again, again, we don't know. And it, I'm, I am trying to get a hold of Michael for clarification. Yeah, if any of you know, if you can read between the lines, okay, what is she saying? What does that mean? It, feel free if you have a thought on that. Right. I, I, we'd like to get And I'd I do like have to totally get a statement if you want to get to it um, whenever. 497-5356. So when you say Talia's statement, is that a tweet? Yeah. Okay, uh, Talia Von Olhoffen. On her Twitter site. Okay, what does it say? I've been getting a lot of questions and seeing a lot of speculation about what I'm going to do regarding the recent transfer portal entries. I love all of my teammates and fully understand that everyone's path is different. I wish them the best wherever their journey takes them and can't wait to see the big things they do. With that being said, I want to make it clear that I made a commitment to this program, this university, and this fan base, and I'm not going anywhere. I came to OSU to cut nets, and I'm still chasing that goal. Thank you for all of your unwavering love and support. Can't wait to see you all in Gill next year. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. Hashtag 22 is rocking with you till the end. Beaver Nation, back to work. That's a, you can't get any more clear in, in than the, that. No, and in the interest of, as I said, balancing some of the other news, that is refreshing. Yeah. That is a, ah, I like that. I'd yeah, like to I, see a little bit more of that. As I was reporting the departure this morning, I, I got this. Was nice. able to save some good news, bad news. If you have any thoughts on what you just heard John quote from Talia and just some of the other news develop, developments about portals and so on, Feel free to jump in. 4975356. Mike in Seattle, our first caller today on the Downward Dog phone line. If you're a little closer and listening on terrestrial radio and care to weigh in, you you're also welcome to. Mike, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, hi guys. How are you today? Good, good. On a beautiful Wednesday. Hey, I was calling about uh, a conversation in the last couple of days on the behavior at the baseball game. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been to a few baseball games, um, and I haven't been this year. I don't think I came down last year. But I'll say four years ago, there were comments coming from grown men in the stands and out on the, well, it's not a berm, but out on the platforms mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. in the outfield that kind of made me cringe. And I kind of said to myself at that time, I'm never going to bring my heat bring my grandson to a game because of the downright honorary comments that are coming from fans. And I think, I don't know what gets into people, but if they wouldn't say it to a high school kid at a baseball game or a summer league game, you know, where there are families around and sometimes there's parents of the players, you know, that they're saying it to, you know, like at a high school game or American Legion game, and that parent's going to come over and have a conversation with that mm-hmm. with that dad or mom from another team. And so uh, I hope that Beaver Nation, as they go to games now, go to baseball games, um, kind of where the topic has come up, you know, I hope they really think about if there was a camera on them right then and a microphone, you know, would they be proud for their kids or grandkids or their mother you know, to hear what they're saying? And I mm-hmm. think we need to... All 
all kind of check ourselves. And if there's a fan around you who is making comments that are inappropriate and don't reflect well on Beaver Nation, I think they need to say something and, and say, uh, you know, that doesn't work here. And, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it's gotten out of hand. And I kind of got that impression the other day that there are other people calling in saying, or they're texting in saying, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's getting uncomfortable on a beautiful Sunday night um, out there, and, and I hope we can get it in check. Thank you, Mike, for weighing in on that. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a subject that's come up, as you said, four years ago. You heard it. I mean, I just it, it's a it's a difficult line in a sense to walk when the support and the passion and the commitment on fans' part to come to the ballpark in such big numbers. You know, I I I don't want to dissuade fans from doing that, but I think what you're saying is. There is a line that's being crossed, and you, you heard it four years ago, and apparently some other fans felt like they did this past weekend and maybe in other trips to the ballpark. You'd like to see fans maybe police themselves a little bit within the stands. They hear it and just say, hey, that's not us. Knock it off. I don't know if that ever goes on, but you're saying that it would take some boldness well, to do that, but you think somebody should, yeah, I, huh? Well, and I don't, don't know who the somebody is because yeah. – you know, it takes a bold person, you know, to, you know, to make a comment right. to somebody who's, who's out of line. I think, I think Coach Casey, you know, when he was on back before he left, kind of made some comments um, kind of around, hey, if we get on these umpires too much, <laughs> they're going to remember that, and they hear that. Sure. And then if that pitch is on the black, there are umpires, and I've, I've been one of them, who – because subconsciously they will sway the other way. And so I know there's a lot of chirping going at that home plate umpire down there because you can hear it on TV. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just think we have to be careful. And um, I don't know if the administration is ever walking around and ever, uh, you know, can go up to somebody and say, you know, that's not, that's not the way we're going to do it on the – right on the Jack Riley concourse if they're standing there with a beer in their hand. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I think we got to get it under control. So it becomes a nicer place to go. You know, like I said, you know, there's kids around and there's, um, you know, we want to have a good impression. Well said, Mike. Thanks for the call today. We appreciate okay. it as always. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that, I mean, what do you make of that call Within the context, Mike's of, a great beaver, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's a passionate fan who cares. He, he's deeply. not a hater in any way. No. He's a great beaver fan. So, if you have any thoughts on that, any is it like, oh yeah, he's right, or is there a counter to it in any way that, eh, yeah, you know, it's a little bit like Brooks Hatch who called off the air and said, right, in right. terms of what can be a difficult, this is a tough atmosphere to play in. The players you, themselves, the would, players themselves would say, "Boy, I wish our fans back at our ballpark right. were as into it as these people are." Wouldn't I mean you? You would not only by sheer numbers, but by the amount invested. Now, maybe it's clear, you know the the old uh, the old doctrine. I I know it when I see it, type thing. <laughs> Maybe you, you hear it, you know it when you hear it, that that's yeah. crossing a line. Yeah. That's that's too much. That's then, too then much Ultimately, involved. the question gets boiled down to what is acceptable and what's not. Right. Right. 
and having each individual fan, caller, listener, texter answer that for themselves. If you have any thoughts on that, feel free to jump in. We have one more break to take this hour. We'll do it. I want to uh, throw a question out there, too. The Dodgers, Dave Roberts went on the air on his radio show and said, we're going to win the World Series this year. I mean, just flat out, we're, we're the best club. Recently? Yeah. Okay. According to this article in The Athletic. Good with, for him. With opening day coming. The Athletic has an article with the headline, The Existential Questions Surrounding the Dodgers. How long can they, they keep this going? And when I read it, I had to stop myself in the question. I asked, well, well, what's this? How long can they keep this going? And the writer went on to say that this is the greatest era and they've been winning all these games. I see one World Series in it all. Yeah. I mean, I, you grew I, up I don't know more how than Dodger that, fans you? are feeling about how long can they keep this going. And, and the Dodgers, uh, Andrew Friedman, their vice pre- president of baseball operations, I can argue that the next five years' outlook is better than what we've accomplished over the previous five. That's Friedman. What have they accomplished over the previous five is my question. Now, oh, how can you ask that? There all these wins, all these pennants. One World Series over the previous five. I'm sorry. That, to me, doesn't mean that Friedman and the Dodgers should be saying, our next five is going to be greater than our previous five. I, I mean, do I you just, feel that way? I, I just think five is, a, is an, an interesting block of time. Shouldn't you make it like 25? <laughs> the five-year run, the writer goes on to say, featured the Dodgers. Here's the definition of keep this going. Yeah. The Dodgers wanted more regular season games than any team in the sport. They twice matched a franchise record with 106 wins. They won three pennants and snapped a World Series drought that spanned three decades. Okay, that is a good five-year run, but it's still just the one World Series, and it came in a 60-game season, and people can argue, well, yeah, but then they had to win four playoff series, and no one's ever had to do that. Okay, okay, I, I know you can spin it and argue it any way you want, but I'm just saying for the Dodgers to think that, oh, this next five years is going to be greater than the previous five. If I'm a Dodger fan, I'm kind of driving along listening to that and going, well, one World <laughs> Series in the five, you're going to do a little better, you're going to be better than that. Well, good, I'm glad to hear it. I, I hope you are. But here's the word that was introduced in the midst of all of this about the Dodgers that I've got to throw at you and see if you've ever heard of it. I was so glad that young TJ, who will join us later, had not heard of it. And here we go. Friedman is the guy that keeps signing players to keep these five-year runs and these five-year plans going at such a high level. And so he talks about the five-year run, and as we go to break, here we go. Friedman's comments came as he was introducing another all-star for its lineup of Galacticos, 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 the latest Galactico being former NFL MVP Freddie Freeman. What do you make of all these Galacticos, or however you pronounce the word, the Dodgers are signing, John? I don't know what that means. Thank you. Take a break. Nobody does. <laughs> and yet everybody does. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Cracking Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Cracking Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Cracking Cards is for you. OSU fans, Cracking Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. CrackingSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. If you're an experienced modeler, or maybe you're just starting out, 
Trump's Hobbies is there to help. Trump's carries the latest in RC cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, model trains, fantasy games, paints, parts, and supplies. Trump's is an old-fashioned hobby shop that's been around answering questions and fixing problems since 1972. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And Go Beeves! You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today. Online at MiddletonHeating.net. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. CVB is because CVB is a person who has very good techs and has been very active these last this last month or so. I don't remember those uh, that handle name prior to that, but uh, writes in and says no World Series championship, but 116 win Mariner team was best in over a century. Right playoffs, especially as they expand, became become a separate season. Divorced from the 162 game race. True. Yeah, that's a good text. And and that's a question I pose to you because you lived through more than I did, although I did too. But you lived through the fight for the pennant, and you're in the yes. playoff, or you're and, in and, the World Series. And I don't want to dismiss that and say, well, if you don't win the World Series, therefore, the Friedman doctrine that hey, our next five is going to be better than the previous, and the cynical Dodger jaded fan, <laughs> I'm sure should hope so. Yeah. Well, they've won a bunch of games, and they've been a transcendent-type team over the last five years, just in terms of all their wins. And I don't want to just say that counts for nothing. Great pennant races, winning games, going to the playoffs, winning your division, winning the league. There's something to be said for all of that. I understand that. Uh, Galacticos? Is that, so that's a term unfamiliar to you. No, never heard of it. T.J. Matthewson had not heard of it. The Galacticos Islands? <laughs> of, of Peru. I like it. I, that's a good. The largest alligators in the world hail from the Galacticos Islands. You know, I did. I will tell you, I did. Upon asking several people around me and calling TJ, no, no, haven't just heard, now. No. no, in the last out when I first came across okay. it in researching and getting. Well, ready you didn't for call me. Well, it's not that <laughs> you, I didn't have any you, faith you in assumed you. that I didn't know. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you and I know a lot of words. Galacticos. Does it ring any kind of bell to anybody without looking it up? 
See, that's the thing. We, oh, yeah, once you look it up. No. Yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not I, even one I've ever heard before. Thank you. Thank you. Never even TJ heard. hadn't heard of it either. Well, but it's a term being thrown around the 10 doctor. years old. No, but 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 it, it it that has to be a term of the modern era. Uh, no. We would have heard of it, John, if it no, wasn't. No, no one has ever heard that term but the person who wrote it. <laughs> what does it mean? Well, okay, thank you. I'll tell you. I just I'm curious if anybody out there is driving, not able to text, not able to call and say, "Oh gosh, ever uh, you know the old uh, yeah, <laughs> I guarantee yeah. you that's not the case. Yeah, you're sure of that. And that doesn't mean people are dumb. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> this is how is this that commonplace in the world? I looked it up. Although my wife knows a lot more than I do, she probably heard it before. I'll ask her when I get home. Well, okay. Here is what the definition, you know, when you the the first definition that comes in and by the way there's a great article on the mariners in the seattle times and mitch hanniger i want to win a world series in seattle that's good news mitch yeah yeah the talia von olhoff and i want to cut nets in the orange and black yeah. with the beavers i mean i we're going to talk to tim us at 1205 timmy's going to join us he and aaron cook were talking of the transfer portal phenomenon and tim and i had a conversation the other day about it and i think it'll bear it, it will have some relevance on the things that he's observing in his volleyball world now with his daughter, who's not yet being recruited, but soon will be. Galacticoses are expensive, world-famous Real Madrid football players. <laughs> so that, so being applied <laughs> then to the people Dodgers, know what it we is. we got an hour to go. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. It's another down day for U.S. stocks. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lower by 166 points. The S&P 500 down 50. The Nasdaq Composite has dropped 320. The attorneys general of six states have written to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, expressing concern over the league's treatment of female employees and admonishing him for a lack of improvement to the league's workplace culture. The letter signed by Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, where the league is headquartered, as well as the Attorneys General of Illinois, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oregon, and Washington State. Without improvement, they say that there could be legal action. U.S. oil prices tumbled today, May crude dropping $5.73, or 5.6%, to settle at 96.23 a barrel, the lowest close in three weeks. The Las Vegas Casino Resort Palms, which has been closed for more than two years, will reopen later this month. The property, about a mile west of Bellagio, will reopen to the public April 27th. That's your money now. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. Select quote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-714-6633. That's 1-800-714-6633. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-714-6633. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company. 
For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help get it up and down from the collar. There are plenty of weird spots the ball can end up around the green. One place is on the collar up against the rough. Yipes! The grass sticking up behind your ball prevents the use of a putter or a standard chip. Here's what to do so you can get it close and save par. Try playing the bellied wedge. Using your pitching wedge, play the ball off the inside of your back foot. Hold the club slightly off the ground to where the leading edge is about middle with the ball. Now, make an arms and shoulder stroke, making sure to hold the wrist firm. Make sure to take the club back a bit further than you would for a putt from this distance, and the ball will come off with overspin and should snuggle close to the hole. So remember, when you can't hit a normal chip from the fringe, play the bellied wedge, and you'll belly up to the bar to celebrate. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. When it matters, companies need more than just a delivery service. Cintas delivers full service and the reliability that comes with having a dedicated Cintas service rep who understands your business, which means they deliver confidence and peace of mind, too, for uniforms, cleaning essentials, mats, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, discover the personal attention you get with Cintas. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver with advanced technology and equipment so we can reach over 160 million addresses across the country. We're delivering for fingers, doers, movers, shakers, groundbreakers, future makers, innovators, trailblazers, disruptors, streamers, dreamers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com delivering. Joe Radio welcomes you to the Joe Beaver Show, the only show on the electric radio dealing with life's greatest questions. How are the beavers doing this season? But with sympathy for life's hierarchy of needs. Will you go to lunch? Go to lunch. Will you go to lunch? Yes, please go to lunch. Take a long lunch and join us as we ponder life's big question. How are the beavers doing this season? Groucho is in. This is the last hat of its kind. The beavers have stopped making them. They're all out playing football. Fields, he's in. What's out of Beaver's town? And you, you're welcome in to the Joe Beaver Show, where we're not concerned with life's trifling questions. What do you know about life after death? But with visions of packed ten glory. You know how it 
gonna be? And the inside scoop. Give it to me straight, Doc. So join the party. Let's make Joe famous. Sure, I'm willing. And now, here are your hosts, John. That's the word in the street, Johnny. Warren and Mike. I have dabbled in Kierkegaard. Parker, on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour on the Joe Beaver Show. Just a quick note for Dave and Tumwater. I don't know if Dave's listening to the show on the live stream. I saw Marty Meyer, his good friend, yesterday at the ballpark at uh, Ron Tonkin Field in Hillsboro, and Marty said that Dave's down in like Clearwater, Florida, down in Florida oh, on a little vacation. Training. So whether, Dave, you're listening or not, I'll have you know that Melanie Newman, one of the announcers for the Orioles, I gave it some time. We had... A text exchange earlier this morning, and Melanie is going to be joining us soon to talk of Adley and the Orioles and a very uh, uh, enjoyable and gracious response quickly on her part to the inquiries and even an apology that we couldn't connect when we were first trying. Right. But there were indeed extenuating circumstances for that. And to close the book on another topic before we mm-hmm. start on another one, yes. and this is great news, I reached out to Michael Chaplin um, He's the spokesperson. To interpret the tweet. Yeah, to interpret the tweet. And here's his answer. Yes, we will be training her. This is Jade Carey who had had said on a, a, uh, not necessarily a tweet. It was a tweet. It was something on one of her social media accounts. Um, I'm excited to tell everybody that I made this national team and uh, training, elite training. So I wanted it to come from me. And that kind of was um, ambiguous about, what well, is this a departure? Right. So long? Whatever. So I said, can she do this and still be a beaver and compete for the beavers? Here's the answer. Yes. We will be training her for run at 2024. She will also still compete for the beavers during our season. That is such great news. And the facility, the training facility, all of that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Everything, she has everything she needs here. So she's going to be training for Paris. And competing as a beaver. Which is great. Yeah, that's just great news. Really glad to hear. I thought that's what she was saying, but I want I wanted to clarify. Well, and in an ensuing <clears throat> interview we moved on. Yeah, and in an ensuing interview, the, the the questions are okay, who trains you? Does someone from the elite national team come out right. and see it? Right. All of that, and is it separate from training just for the beaver season? Yep. How that all works, that's an interesting topic. And then how much does it affect how often she competes and and yeah. in what events and so on during right. the beaver seasons? And ahead. then and then also do does she put in all of the elements that you have to do at the Olympic level? into your routines yes. for Oregon State where you don't have to do them at the collegiate level. It, fa- it sounds like they've come to an excellent relationship, and we'll talk to Michael about all of this, maybe Jade herself down the road, but that's good news. Now, it's always a pleasure to visit with a longtime friend, and not just friend of the show, but just a friend for many years. Tim Ewis joins us. Tim was kind enough to text us after the show the other day saying, hey, really listened in with attention to the Transfer Portal talk, and Tim who joins us now, uh, your local Edward Jones financial advisor, sponsor of our show. We appreciate that, but we just appreciate the longtime relationship, Tim. And since we last spoke a couple of days ago, there's more portal news. So what do you make of the world we're in, Tim? We'll get to your thoughts about what you're observing in your own sport with your daughter, Joya, in a moment. But let's start with what you make of this. And you said you and your former teammate, Aaron Cook, we're talking about this very thing today. Well, first off, thanks for having me yeah. on. Second, I mean, how, with the Jade Carey kind of communication, how would you maybe interpret that 
you know, if we didn't have the transfer portal, you'd kind of sit there saying, oh, great, good, she's going to start training. Yeah. But because of the transfer portal, all of a sudden it's, <laughs> well, is she going to be going somewhere else? What does that mean? What does that look like? Right. And and I think that's just a huge question in, in college athletics right now. And I think, you know, I've been – I've been, I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but I, I was given, Bill Chambers gave me a, a book or told me I needed to read a book several years ago called Bill, uh, called Beer and Circus. And, and some people have probably seen me tweet about that, but it really talks about how college athletics have become or merged with kind of the entertainment industry and alcohol has played a big part of that. And how it's become a business, and it's no longer just about education and and the pursuit of kind of an academic experience, and and we're seeing kind of the full manif- manifestation of that now with the transfer portal. That's really my belief in it, and I think it's it's a bummer. I mean, it's a huge bummer that uh, we're not seeing these kids. Um, I don't want to say fulfill the contract, but kind of the agreement because so much effort and energy goes into recruiting a student athlete to get them to sign at a school and for them to, to have the ability to transfer overnight. Gosh, that, that makes it really tough. And I think it re it'll make coaches rethink the way that they do recruiting. It's there. It's interesting, Tim, on a number of levels. I've been concerned about it when it first came out, and it's it's like it's taken, like you said, it's taken the. There was, people. Some people will say there's there was no notion of neutrality, no notion that the athletes were just school kids competing, and then and there was the business aspect. The business aspect and the million dollar part of it has been here for a long, long time. But I think what the portal seems to be doing, and let me know if you agree, is that it's merging the two now because what with NIL, which is fine, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with the, the athletes having, an, having opportunities to piggyback off of people making money off of their efforts. But now it's, it's almost like there is no line anymore. And some naysayers might say, well, there hasn't been a line in decades but there really is no line anymore between this notion of it's a business and everyone's in it to make money. And, and I agree with that. And I think that's <laughs> the emperor. We're seeing the emperor's clothes at this point for all that they are. And, and we have to either accept that or say, you know what, maybe the pendulum swung a little bit too far. Yeah. I think that's what the NCAA is probably wrestling with and, and that the coaches will be wrestling with. And, and, you know, I think the big question circling around Beaver Nation specifically is, well, is this like a coaching issue? And, and I personally don't think it is. Um, I, I look at it from the perspective of you've got three incredible women that are all very, very talented and, and good at what they do. And, and not only that, from my experience, great people. Uh, but I think it's a big ask to move across the country a long way from friends and family that have watched you, you know, you've growing up watching, having their parents been there for all of their games, watching them play, supporting them to 
in the middle of COVID or kind of early in COVID going to an environment where it is very different maybe than the states that they're from and their parents are having very different experiences in the states that they're from and and the conferences that maybe they grew up watching are very different. And so I think there's many things that probably, uh, you know, contributed to these decisions. I think every beaver is going to say, gosh, we're disappointed. This is a bummer. We really enjoyed watching them play. Uh, and, and maybe they would have played their fourth year and then left to um, pursue a, a master's degree somewhere else and, yeah. and use the, the typical transfer for something like that. But um, it's definitely not a playing time thing. I can't think that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think that's where in football, maybe we see it as more of a playing time transfer. Uh, and in men's basketball recently, um, we're seeing maybe I was able to show off in the tournament and I'm going to try to go to a better league or a better mm-hmm. division now, or I'm going to follow my coach somewhere. And, and I think that's where it can get pretty dangerous. And we saw that a little bit with Washington women's basketball with the coach coming up from Rice and and then a couple of her star players transferring with her. And, yeah. and so I, I understand kind of the heart of it to give the player the option and some power in this. But there's also maybe a lot more room for abuse. So. Tim Ewis joining us. Tim, it, it, to balance the news that we've kind of been, I think, rocked a little bit by with respect to OSU women's basketball and the portal news, John read a tweet that appeared yesterday, but it's it's a refreshing balance, I think, just in terms of the language that Talia uses. I don't know if you saw her tweet. We shared it earlier on the show. Did you hear that, Tim, and what she said? I I saw what she said, and she said, hey, I'm, I'm riding with the team. I'm here yeah, for life. Exactly. And, and so it, it, you, have, you have that part of it as well. Right. Now, the opening paragraph, she acknowledges every path, every journey's different. She's not, you know, throwing anybody under a bus and people that are getting into the portal. And so she makes that clear. But then again, just to, for those who might just be tuning in or not having seen it, I want to share this again because it's the kind of language that I think right now resonates with a lot of us. Here's what she wrote. With that being said, I want to make it clear that I made a commitment to this program, this university, and this fan base, and I'm not going anywhere. Quote, unquote. Now, we're not hearing a lot of that these days, Tim, but isn't that kind of, when you say people, coaches may reevaluate how they recruit, do you think that vetting process has got to go that deep kind of way early to say, hey, you know, uh, can you see this thing through? I, I do, and I think a big part of it is that that local re- recruit factor. And you and I talked a little bit about that as a program grows, as they maybe are are they can afford to reach a little bit on recruits and start going for McDonald's All Americans or or Gatorade Players of the Year. What's the trade off for getting someone from the other side of the country? And and with Talia, we've got somebody from Washington. Well. Her family can still get down here reasonably easy to watch her play, and and uh, and so I think there's that aspect of it that, hey, if 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 geography is part of it, she's the right player to be here because there's still a, a geography that's close enough to family, and and I really do think that's part of it, and uh, I'm not just saying in women's sports, I think sports in general, and I've I've shared before when I was looking at Colorado State uh, as a, an option. 
that was maybe like the second or third time I'd ever been on an airplane. And I just realized my family's never going to get to watch me play. And, and that was part of my, my choice in becoming a beaver. And so um, I think that geography will play into it. We talked, you and I talked a little bit about uh, beaver baseball in that regard where, you know, at one point it was like strictly Northwest players because that's all we could get. And then maybe we started looking nationally and, and then we dialed back into looking at Northwest players again um, because it seemed to be a better fit with a national pick maybe here and there, but not for the entire roster. And, and I think that the loyalty piece is also going to play into it. And, um, and you know, when Aaron and I were talking, we were talking about football as well. And in the way that, you know, some coaches can get a reputation of, oh, they're really tough to play for. They, they demand a lot out of you. And, and I said, yeah, I think that there's some level of um, what we would maybe call softness, unfortunately, that, you know, and, and Aaron said, hey, that makes us old. And I said, yeah, we are old now. And we have to admit that, but maybe that boomer type, you know, thing, but um, the, the coaches have to coach a little differently, but he said, Hey, I was watching the coach. He's, he's very tough on his players. And I said, yeah, but he, he recruited guys specifically that he knew he could coach yeah. and that would accept his coaching. And I think that's going to be the bigger part of it. Loyalty will be a part of it, but I think it's going to be more than just, can they play? Mm-hmm. It's, can they take my coaching and, and, uh, and are they in the right environment? Uh, because we've not heard from any of those three transfers that like it was a toxic environment. Sure. If we think back to pre coach Rook, mm-hmm. that was a toxic environment. Right. Very, very different. What we're hearing from, from these women, um, that are leaving the program. If there was a portal uh, back so. then, they may not have had anybody come back. Honestly, <laughs> it was that bad and it turned out that way. And that's why a change was what had to be made, and then and then Scott came in and just completely turned things around. Tim, you as our guest, there are so many derivative shoots out of this topic. I could ask you about the parental aspect. I know for me, if I was uh, the the father of an athlete coming up right now with the portal and, and, and involved in it, my philosophy personally would be stick things out. Um, you know, all the things that we. I guess I was, I don't know about everybody else, but we're taught you, you know, finish what you, you start, you have a responsibility to other people, then it's not just about you, so on and so forth. So that would be my, my message to my child and bringing them up. Now that's not to say that they aren't doing that right now. And it's not to say that I don't support players leaving. I do. Every single situation is different, Tim. So I guess it's just going to come down to, each individual team and each individual or family, basically, and there could be three completely different reasons for three players leaving and putting themselves in the portal. Absolutely. And I think that's the piece to remember is every, I mean, it's like me dealing with people and, and connecting with people on a daily basis. Everyone's situation is different. There's no um, kind of boilerplate that's mm-hmm. just right for everyone. And, and that's the same with probably everyone that's entered the portal. They all have a different story. And, and so that's where, again, I, I don't like the piling on by Beaver Nation to say, oh, there's a systemic problem in the coaching staff. Yeah. Well, I doubt it. We, we would know about that, I think, 
um, if that were the case, as we had in the past. And, and to me, it's more of a systemic problem of, you know, when we have 950 women in the portal, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that. And, and you have, I think it's 150 something from power five schools in the portal. Like that, that there's something going on there. Right. Um, that, that needs to be addressed by the NCAA. And, and, you know, if it's, Hey, you get one transfer and then we're back to old rules or you have to have a minimum of two years at a school. See that, I think those are the things that would be good to have a conversation around. Uh, because I think a lot of these transfers are because of playing time and, and as an athlete, Hey, I, if I was picking a school for simply the athletic experience, I'd want to play too. Yeah. So I don't blame them for that. And I think that's, again, where we got to call a spade a spade and say, they chose to come here to play basketball, not to study X, Y, Z. They came to you know play football, not study ABC. And, and so I think that's the other piece that we're trying to grapple with as well to – to say the curtains pulled back. We know who the wizard is now. We see some of that power being exchanged and, and we're acknowledging it that, yeah, that they're here to make money for the school and build the school up. And hopefully they take advantage of it and get an education. Um, but because of these new rules, we're really acknowledging what's going on and, and like you said what has been going on we uh, we had a caller or a texter the other day i don't remember who it was who made a, a point i did not know this uh, after all these years that ralph miller would recruit guys and say you're not a starter you're going to be a role player and <laughs> this is what you're going to do and they accepted it and came here and did it i didn't know that but my last question and mike's got one too and but then we'll go yeah um since you're a parent of a, of, a, of a kid coming up, have we lost the prep ranks to money and um, sports over academics and, and, you know, this world that we're kind of talking about now? Or is that still as pure as it was up until about three years ago when I stopped calling the high school games? <laughs> I, I think the high school, the actual high school OSAA, for the most part, is going to be fairly pure still. Every once in a while, you're, you'll hear of um, several players transferring to one school or, or something like that, but it's pretty frowned upon uh, for athletes specifically to transfer for a, a, a certain team. Um, again, I think we're acknowledging that this is how it's been in AAU for a long time, and as I'm kind of learning in club volleyball, it seems to be that's the way it is in club volleyball. And, and so the club sports, I would say, are at the high school rank, have a very similar feeling, which is very different than kind of, you know, this is how one, one person communicated it to me, like for my daughter specifically, you play high school volleyball for fun and to be with your friends from your school and those types of things. And, you know, you want to win, but you play club volleyball to be seen and to be showcased. And, and that's where it's at now. So I think the same could be said for AAU basketball. And we're seeing it in, in football a little bit with these passing leagues mm -hmm. where, 
you're you're playing uh, high school football with the kids at Corvallis High or CV or Sam Christian or Philomath or name the school locally, and it's fun because it's your teammates and your classmates, but you're playing seven on seven passing league and traveling all over the country to be seen. And there will be more kids that will get a scholarship at the skill positions uh, by what they do at those passing leagues sure. than what they do on their high school film. Hey, Tim, last question. And that, and this would op- this opens up a whole different thing that maybe we can explore again down the road. Tim, you as our guest. You shared with me, though, speaking of the club level and AAU and so on, even there... Are there some questionnaires or some things going on that you've come across that caught your attention yeah. about yeah. jumping from team to team at the AAU level? I mean, do you think there's a sensibility beginning to grow that, hey, when we're, when we're vetting players, so to speak, to recruit, we want to kind of see what their track record is? Uh, there, there definitely is. And at the, the tournament that we were at a couple weekends ago, um, there was very much a feeling from the college coaches talking with, um, some of the recruiting people there that, you know, has this girl jumped clubs? Has she been on the same club? And and you got to understand, I, this thing is a whole nother beast that I'm just learning about. Right. But, I mean, some of these clubs start at 10 years old, and they move all the way up through kind of 18s and 16s is kind of the time that, that the recruiters start checking it out. Um, and I'll say I think every Pac-12 school had some presence at this uh this tournament we were at and i mean it it was have they been with that club the whole time have they jumped clubs if they jumped clubs why did they jump Mm -hmm. clubs uh i mean they're asking a lot of those questions because the last thing they want to do is again spend all the time and effort in in resources and and i know it's changed so much since i coached you know, 14 years ago or 13 years ago with Coach Riley, but we even talked about it then of the guy that I'll look back at is Marcus Wheaton. And the question was, can we get him? And if we can get him, what resources are we really willing to spend on it as far as coaches flying down on planes, booking hotels, coaches writing letters? I'm not talking about resources and hundred dollar right. handshakes, right. not that type of thing. I'm talking about the, the time and the effort and the university money to get somebody um, like him to play for the Beavers. And if you spend all of that time and effort and resources for him to leave after a year because he didn't catch enough balls mm-hmm. as a freshman or redshirted, mm-hmm. is it worth it? And I think those are the questions that they're trying to dig into earlier um, in the recruiting process with these student athletes. And I think they're good questions to ask. Uh, but I think the NCAA can also help out by maybe saying, hey, you can't transfer after your first year. It's a mm-hmm. two-year deal because you got to find out, like, it, is a year even enough time to understand how you could potentially fit into a team? And the other thing on John's point that I'll end on is that Coach Riley always said, I never heard him once promise anyone anything he said we're going to give your son the chance to compete much like ralph miller and and i think there's a lot of power in that as well but i do think that parents are looking to hear well your son or daughter is going to start or they're going to do this or that and and we have you know this number reserved for them and we've already got a locker set up for them Mm -hmm. 
And and I think there's some danger in that as well. Tim, it, there's a lot of stuff here, yeah. isn't there? I mean, it, it, we'd love to stay in touch with you, as we always do through the years. But as Joya, your daughter, goes through the club experience and, and it becomes, you know, recruited and in that world herself as a talented young student athlete with a great mind who will go to a school for her educational experience. But you, we, we will, as we have through the years, we've coveted your own experiences as a beaver in the NFL <laughs> Yeah, in the financial you, you know, world. and now we can use you so as a parent. We, uh, we'd love to kind of keep, if you don't mind keeping us surprised in this in this yeah. world we're in. We we'll stay in touch on it. It's fascinating, and really appreciate you taking time as always for us. And Tim, Tim I'm going to do you a little something. I'm going to do you a favor just because I like you. I'm going to move your commercial to the very top. It'll be the first thing that plays in this as next stop break spec. because oh. it wasn't in the top in this okay. stop. Now set. it is. Tim, it's great talking to you. Thanks for the support here, and thanks for the perspective. We appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Tim. Tim, you as our guest. Uh, we take a break, and will the next voice you hear be that of Tim Lewis right. on the fan? Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 8245 Edward Jones, member SIPC. Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. Then customize your cheese crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful protein, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba. Or in the app. Hey, this is Randy Holmes. We're still getting fired up down here at Tanker Beaver Grill. Introducing Throwdown Thursday with country line dancing beginning at 8 p.m. Can't dance but want to learn? They'll teach you a new dance every week. Don't forget our Tuesday night trivia beginning at 7 o'clock. Wednesday nights featuring all you can eat spaghetti dinner for seven bucks and get the best prime rib dinner in town every Friday night. So let's get fired up and have some fun down here at Tanker Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at NTEC, we're looking for you. NTEC is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $19 to $23 an hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals. Immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com, ntech.com, and click the career tab we're excited to meet you well it's finally here the start of the 2022 baseball season the mariners on the road from target field in minnesota it's the mariners against the twins in game one of a four-game series hi again everybody this is rick riz along with gary hill jr Best day of the year, 110 first pitch. We'll take the air at noon for the pregame show on your Mariner station. And again this year, the Mariners will be on 990 KTHH and 1240 Joe Radio. Game one Thursday on Joe. Quick, I haven't had a chance to fix it, but that's Friday now at noon. Friday at noon for the Mariners' season opener because of snow expected in Minneapolis. I will share with you Nick Daschle's tweet 
We've been you know, into Twitter a little bit today. If you saw it, it's good. I also hope it leads to, not only for you, but for me, <laughs> reading the whole article. Mm-hmm. But we, we take our news in, in tweets and texts and faces. And that's amazing because that's an old open. I didn't realize old. Twitter went back that far. The tweet by Dashiell does sum it all up, and I like it a lot. The tweet itself, if you don't have time to read Dashiell's entire article on OregonLive.com, and I haven't yet because I'm just now seeing this, but during the course of our show today, Nick Dashiell tweeted a tease, in a sense, to his full-blown article on Oregon Live about Tristan Jebbia. But here's the tweet. And if you don't have time to get to the article, you get a lot from Nick. I give him great credit for using the number of characters skillfully in a tweet. Here it is. Oregon State quarterback Tristan Jebbia goes in-depth on his hamstring injury. Parentheses. It's healed. Whether he would transfer, he won't. Again, these are parentheses. Was Verone McKinley the third's tackle a dirty play? It wasn't. Mm. About J.T. Daniels, parentheses, bring him on, says Jebbia. So that that's one of the best tweets I've ever read. In yeah. fact, between Dashiell's tweet and Talia von Olhoffen's tweet, I am more reconciled than ever to Twitter. What a great thing it is. Because that sums up Jebbia's situation beautifully. In-depth on his hammy, it's healed. Whether he'd transfer, he won't. Was the McKinley play a dirty play? It wasn't. About JT Daniels, bring him on. So that's all amplified, evidently, in Nick's ensuing article. Yeah, but it's, that's uh, his tweet to tease his full-scale conversation and story with Tristan Jebbia that unpacks a lot. He has lately, Nick has, has had um, three or four articles I really wanted to read. Like, I need to get to that article. I'm going to get to that article that were locked down subscriber only yeah i don't i do subscribe but it's all messed up i can't get gotcha in. no I, I need to take the time to fix that and this one is also subscriber under the lock and key as noted on the top of the uh, article but i want to i got to figure this out and <laughs> and get things unlocked i wonder if the jt daniels bring him on thing i wonder if that's um some kind of uh, cryptic oh jt daniels is you know bring him on meaning that he's not he'd Jebbia is a great kid. He oh. is a tremendous young man. Yeah. I love the kid. So it's Jebbia saying, I don't care, bring yeah, him on. Yeah, it's no, not cryptic fact, like I know something. Not so much, no, and not so yeah. much bring him on because I'll beat him out, Not even though I think he believes he can. Yeah. But more, if he's going to help the Beavers win football games, bring him on. That's, well, I think it comes from that place for Jebbia. That's what you want. I believe it. In you that. want your players to want to be the best, but be okay if someone better comes in and you go to a better right. better bowl game and have a better yep. season. You, you really do. But, you know, many will say with the modern day, it's all about me, 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 and that wouldn't be the case. In the players that are the case, they should be celebrated. On the Verone McKinley the third's tackle, which was not even so much a tackle as much as the pull, the, the scrum, oh, yeah. the official had just called touchdown when they should have. Jebbia doesn't get hurt. Chance Nolan ends up sneaking in to give the Beavers the touchdown that should have been called on the previous play, on which, because of the scrum going on at the goal line and no definitive call or whistle or signal from that group, should have been a touchdown. 
the play was allowed to drag out to the point that McKinley the third yanked on, pulled, jerked back. Yeah. Tristan's leg. Now I haven't read the article yet, where apparently Tristan goes in depth about why he doesn't consider it a dirty play. Now the comments here following Dashell's tweet. One, what did you think he was going to say from Go Beavs 85, a cynical sort of response to, well, there's no news here. I think it is newsworthy that he's talking about all of these things. And another tweeter says, definitely was a dirty play, but kudos to him for being the better man. Another reply to that tweet by Dashiell, definitely dirty play in my mind. And then finally, Go Beavs tweets, uh, this is... uh, not an official Beaver handle, but a Beaver fan with and a Go Beavs as part of the handle at J J Mice. I would love to give McKinley more of the benefit of the doubt if he hadn't been proven to be a, a rather low character. I clean up the language. A rather low character in many other times in his career. There is that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not quite sure he's approached the who was the linebacker for uh, Arizona State, Doc the infamous linebacker of dirty play on in the NFL. It followed him as well too. how come I'm losing to Trent Bray. I remember coached this phenomenal talent at Arizona state. Uh, the name escapes, but he was a dirty player yeah. and was Vontez perfect. Yes. Thank you. It just came to me, but McKinley does have a little bit of along in that uh, similar track record. So that makes it, I think more difficult for Beaver fan while applauding the high road that Jebbia evidently took in talking to Nick about that play for Beaver fan or any of us to give Verone the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. However, Jebbia uh, is a great kid. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that he would take a high road and not be bitter and vindictive about that, even though it looked to me like McKinley, the third yanking and pulling part of that. At that point, in, in trying to find in any way a benefit of the doubt, the official hasn't signaled anything yet. I'm going to pull this guy out so it's not a touchdown. If the official isn't going to call it, then I'm going to do everything I can to keep that joker from scoring that may a TD. That's true, but, but it's a bit unorthodox, <clears throat> even in the game of football, when someone's pulling on a limb. Pulling a limb backwards and it's just You don't see that. Yeah, you don't. You see tackle yeah. scrums and things happen, and there's a lot that happens underneath the pile that right. we, that like that all the time. But it's very unorthodox. It's not normal to see a guy literally pulling, pulling on a person. No, you're right. You're right. I haven't seen that very often. I don't know often. if that's legal, not legal, or an ambiguous line of legality. Mm-hmm. He, there, would, there wasn't. Was there a flag on that? I don't remember. No. No. But... It is a bit odd to do that. Now, was there a twist involved? I don't remember. That I think there either. was that too. If there was a twist, a pull and or a, a knee or a punch or a slash, like a World Wrestling Federation type of move, then absolutely it's crooked as all get up. Any thoughts on any of these matters that we've been talking about as we head down the stretch? The downward dog phone line, the University Honda text line, thoughts about last night's baseball game. Uh, the coverage of it. Did you enjoy the the telecast of it? This portal conversation, because it is there. Dashell has another good tweet. Okay, what do you got? 185 players from Power Five schools in the women's basketball transfer portal from this year. OSU isn't even close in the top half of the Pac-12 when it comes to the number of transfers from this season. Right. Okay. So 
that <clears throat> that I hope in some way, I hope it may temper some angst, even if there's some level of disappointment in the news. Tim said he heard, well, you know, Pete, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a piling on of the coaches. Or, oh, oh, no, I haven't What's either. wrong with our coaches or a disconnect? I, I hope that people aren't in any way drawing that kind of conclusion unless you're willing to attribute all 185 and the, the numbers around the league, down the road, 40 miles. Well, it must be a toxic environment there. Well, n- nobody's saying that. No. Because I don't think that's the case in most well, of these cases. You could break it down. I, I don't know about the other two, but go forth. <laughs> She had health issues. Well, right. I mean, and it, had and wanted to go back home. She actually had yeah. to leave Arkansas right. after a pretty good exactly, year. exactly. So, as Talia herself, in a beautiful tweet earlier today, said, "I'm not here to comment on anybody else. I wish them all the best. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey and story is different. That's a beautiful way to frame what she said. Yeah. But she said, "As for me, <laughs> uh, as for me and my house, we will stay with the B. I I mean." Yeah, there's to. a sense of, okay, everybody can do what they want to do for the reasons yeah. that may be unknown and may be known but not declared. And she is giving all respect in the world to her teammates, making decisions the right that are do. different than hers. It's the right but she's saying, do. as for me, I made a commitment and I'm not going <laughs> anywhere. Now, that resonates here, it particularly does. in light of all this portal news, but it doesn't mean that I don't think these other players, Taylor Grace, uh, Taylor Kennedy, uh, Greta, Right. Uh, Sasha last year that well and that just shows their lack of character they're not good kids I no I, we're not going there no or nor are we going to the must be something wrong with the culture of the program either it's no. the world we're in it's the portal world it's happening everywhere and it's happening everywhere because it's there but I do think what Tim said is true that I think it will affect going forward the vetting process even more so in terms of Yes. Getting a feel for, yes. and maybe it does even affect how you recruit geographically. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I, is your heart? You feel like you're in it for the long haul. Coaches do coach differently. I, I've, I, I know because you know I've had even conversations just saying, well, if I ride them too hard, then there's the portal. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. have to. The Ralph approach. Ralph would have probably, in the age he lived, in the way he coached, might have lost a lot of guys Absolutely. after a practice or two. I, I grew. We, you and I grew up under those types of coaches. Yeah. And I found through the years, especially with my friends, my best friend to this day is mad at Sonny Long. Yeah. Forty years later. Sure. Bitter. You either can take it and thrive under it or you can't i am a soldier i don't care how much you yell at me as long as you're yelling at me in a group setting you guys are bums go run around there i I feed off of that but it's when they get personal that i would have a problem and you know that would only be one assistant under this hierarchy of yelling but that same type of situation my friend couldn't handle that at all doesn't like the coach all these years later But the point being, you're you're trying to find, as Tim Ewis eloquently shared about the whole Marcus Wheaton thing. and Yeah, that was interesting. It's a good story. How much time do you invest in the the, the blue chip type guys? And you know what, Doc? That was back in 08. It's not unlike (laughs) baseball. And until now, I used to really feel bad for baseball coaches because I thought they get the raw end of the deal. Fewer scholarships than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And they have to work and work and work and work and get a guy and get a guy and get a guy. And then sometime and whenever it is, August, boom, he's gone to the pros. I mean, that has got to be impossible. 
And now it's, it's yeah. everyone has to deal with something like that. True. Any thoughts on these or other matters? Feel free to jump in. 497-5356. Paul, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, good afternoon. <clears throat> Boy, did you touch the hot spot there, man. I'll tell you what, this transfer portal is nothing more, except on occasion. Now, I, it's nothing more than a player looking to go someplace where they can win a championship and get the NCAA tournament. Now, well, there's got to be an occasion where one is homesick. Now, if a player is homesick, everybody else on the team would know that, okay? That, you know, that they're not doing well far away from home. But I'll tell you what, the first time that I hear a player say, I'm hitting the transfer portal because I didn't like my professors, then I'll say, excuse me. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's interesting take. Well, it, it, how else can you take it? Yeah. There, there's, no way that, there's no way that Scott's a bad coach, and there's no way he's anything like Kelly Graves. I mean, uh, you know... In what? Know, I'm not sure. But his players in practice. <clears throat> yelling and cussing. I, I, I mean, is that his rep? I don't know anything about what you're yeah. talking about with respect to Kelly. I've always sensed. Yeah, that's, I've always sensed that he was thing. a well-liked sort of, you know, coach. Oh, we love Kelly Graham. I mean, that was always the sense I got. But you're saying no, that's not true. That's not true. And remember when the the uh, controversy over him cussing out the the Arizona coach? Yeah. And right after that was when reports came out that he was treating his players the same way in practice. Hmm. Well, I don't go over very well. I don't know too much about that. Somebody told me that uh, there was a, I don't know who I talked to. I think Sabrina uh, Inescu's father wrote something about, in light of all these transfers, saying something to the respect of, look, Oregon isn't for everybody, and if you're not tough, and if you're not willing to take it, et cetera, it's not the place for you, implying that, yeah, maybe there's a tough, demanding style in terms of the coaching and the expectations. But it, so Sabrina's dad was kind of taking up for, for Graves and yeah. saying that, yeah, it's not for everybody. And I suppose in a certain level, I mean, Scott Ruick is a good man. He's a, he, he loves his players. He cares about his players. He's built this incredible culture of family and love and commitment to one another. He, but he also may be tough. I mean, he, he's a demanding coach, as all good coaches should be. So I, I don't go to practices very often. I haven't seen enough of the style. I have, and he's great. So I don't think we're talking about in the most of these cases, Paul, uh, the, that are in Oregon. They're leaving because they're mad at, at Kelly's author, authoritarian. Well, way. I don't, we don't know. I, no, I don't know. That's why they're leaving. But they're leaving in droves too. It just wasn't for them. They right. just, maybe they couldn't handle it. And maybe they just thought, you know, I really, I really don't like this, you know. And I mean, a lot of players, these sophomores and stuff, are transferring because, uh, like uh, Greta, you know, because maybe she didn't get enough playing time. I, I can kind of understand that one, but Kennedy Brown and, and Taylor Jones, they got plenty of playing time. Well, okay, but but we have to ask. Uh, let me ask you: Do you know this? I mean. I can safely I say we, we, we don't know why people yeah. are transferring. I mean, that's my opinion, Doug. Right. Yeah. Everybody has one. No, I get I'm it. I'm telling you. Yeah, I get it. That this transfer portal has opened up a can of worms, and there's not going to be a reckoning until something, uh, mm-hmm. you know, something has to 
probably change down the road somewhere. Just as Tim was, you're right, yeah. uh, um, Paul. And just as Tim was saying, you know, maybe maybe require two years before you can do that or something. But yeah, I would imagine there might be some change down the way if enough coaches collectively say, "Hey, we gotta, we need some help here." Right, right, yeah, because he, yeah, it's it's crazy that these these kids are transferring and and. I can understand we got kids from Texas and Kansas and Arkansas, you know, they're a long way away from home, but, and uh, you know, all of them at the same time, that just doesn't, uh, I, I, I don't know. doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. I got you, Paul. Thanks for the call. Thanks, we appreciate Paul. it. Now some texts less. This is something we wanted to get to yesterday. Hi, Mike and John. <clears throat> it's getting better, by the way, John, it is getting better. Maurice Good. Jones last night said, Mike, you sound better, even though, Still dealing with issues, but getting better. I hope maybe the 90-degree heat of L.A., 90 degrees it's supposed to be on Friday, going to be sitting outside at Rod Dato Field in the 90s. Don't go uh, I, I think I will, though. Surfing thing. I, now, body surfing. And Hank, as Hank's already said, Dad, don't go. Uh, pull you out. The lifeguard will pull you out. And that may be true. Well, that, if but I you're, go. you're hacking up a lung. You need to get better. No, the water, salt water, be healthy for me. Now, <laughs> yeah, hey, now <laughs> says who? <laughs> my theory. <laughs> Mike and John writes less. I sit with Doug Blair, Bob Keith, Chris Gray, right by the visiting dugout on Saturday. The head coach for Stanford came up and asked how long I had that we had these seats. Told him since 2000. He went on to tell me how great that is, referring to David Esker interacting there with the guys. Yeah. Then he went on to say how glad he was baseball was back to normal. We asked him how he feels about the Pac-12 tournament. He's positive about the tournament. It gives teams a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Then he mentioned how important it is to be able to manage pitching. After the game on Saturday, Coach uh, Esker walked over to say how great the Beavers played. In my opinion, he was a very good guy. That was Les. Then Les says he watched the game by streaming last night. He thought it was good. He liked the interviews they had. I don't follow the pilots he wrote, but very nice interviews with the ladies in basketball and men's basketball. Shante Leggins and Mike Meek out last night throwing ceremonial first pitches. And less, again, my feelings about the portal. Two points. I think the players want to play closer to home. Next, maybe they're trying to get a better NIL deal. There's all kinds of things at play, mm-hmm. less that we don't have time to, uh, to fully explicate or even understand. Okay, a couple of other texts. Uh, what about a show? Okay, I, I'm not sure. Oh, get, get the whole Galacticos thing. Mm-hmm. What does it even mean? Never heard that word, and he's a 90s kid. Uh, Real Madrid, but it's being applied to the L.A. Dodgers baseball team. <laughs> so there, I lied. There are people who would know what that means, the people who are Real Madrid fans. Other uh, texts which we may need to get to, you may need to get to tomorrow on the fan. Another, uh, I think Tim really nailed it. I think COVID and distance from home have been big issues. Also, a few of these women players, if they would have experienced Gill in a normal atmosphere and didn't. Right. My son played D3 baseball in Texas for three years. It was really tough as a parent to only be able to be present for two weekend series in that time frame. Fortunately, his final year was the year prior to COVID. Thank you, LB, LBG, uh, has been a longtime listener. Thank you for taking time to text that, LBG. Yeah, that's we're, nice. Uh, we're going to take a uh, final break, and TJ's back. He'll have some audio that we won't have time to get to for today, but I think he talked to Cooper Jerpy. We'll get... I want to get TJ's take on Mitch Hanniger, on the Mariners, and expectations for 2022 as we close today. Because 
analytics and the experts crunched numbers last year. And you know how many wins everyone said the Mariners would get? 70. Would they get 90? 90. Which means even in the analytic world, with everybody knowing everything, they don't. Let's take a break and be back to wrap it up on 1240 Joe Radio. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. He's been on top of things with his recorder on pro day, on Good football, work. spring, spring football, my wrist hurts. and all I'm of that. Holding my phone up and holding the microphone at the same time. <laughs> I get felt it, it as Don't I was driving. Get the other hand under it. And especially good. Mitch talks for yes, a long does. time. So it's a long time of your arms being extended. It's okay to just the best very, audio very, quality. Very quietly pull back, switch, turn your body around, switch to the other hand, and go in very quietly. But it's just like it's good. <laughs> honestly, it's good forearm exercise to just it is. leave it up there. It, it prime you for the truly is for the truly athletically exhausting day that we have working here in radio. <laughs> thank you for that, TJ. Thank you. For, thank you for understanding, uh, Carol. Text. Carol, thank you. I don't have time to read the whole text, but maybe John can tomorrow. Nothing to say, she said, but Rays for going up for the first time to Ron Tonkin Field and being a fan. She works all the games. Yeah. Carol works all the games. She got to go up and just be a fan, kick her feet up behind uh, third base on the uh, first row and watch the game and really love the atmosphere last night. Thank you for that, Carol. Okay, TJ. Yes, sir. All the, the numbers crunched and the roster analysis and analytics said the Mariners were 70, you know, 70 wins. Might have been 72 and a half. 72 and a half, year, and they yeah. win 90. How did they do it? And are you nervous that eh, too much too much rolled right last year? Yeah, so there, I, I met, talked to you on the phone before you guys yeah. went on the air this morning about um, the clutch metric that Fangraphs uses, if you guys aren't aware of Fangraphs, it's one of many database sites available for baseball stats. But, you know, they have this clutch metric. It includes, like, win probability added. I don't have time to explain that on here. And you guys, your guys we wouldn't heads understand might explode. Anyway. Yeah, we wouldn't <laughs> your understand. Your heads might explode. Right, right. But in pure just high-leverage situations last year, the Mariners were the best team in baseball and one of the best teams of all time. Yeah, you said baseball history earlier. Yeah, it might. 
it, I, I can't find a final season number, but in, in August, they were pacing as the best, the most clutch team of all time. They had, they increased their win probability uh, more in clutch situations than any team in Major League Baseball history has. Wow. The Mariners? So, yes. Last year, last one, one, August. One run, one, one, one run wins, clutch hits. I mean, uh, I think most of that article stuff came out. You guys remember that Dylan Moore grand slam against the Astros in July? He's uh, there. I think they went down 8-1 in that game. They come all the way back and, you know, high leverage uh, win that game. But that was a big contributing factor to why they won 90 games last year and why, again, they could be better and still regress like the Beaver football team this year. In terms of wins and losses, yet the playoff structure gives them mm-hmm. a chance to win less games and maybe make the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. The, the My only concern, the AL East this year has probably four playoff teams in it, which you have your division winner and then oh, one, two, three wild card teams. It's like, well, Mariners, you're going to have to beat one of those teams and be better than one of those teams. And they didn't finish better than any of the four of them uh, last year, the Yankees, okay. the Rays the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox, who are all very talented. The Mariners are much more talented this year than they were last year. Well, how much of those other four teams improved or regressed? Uh, Blue Jays got a lot better. Red Sox, I think, got a little better. Um, I, I think the Mariners are in talent, within the margin of talent, I think, with those teams in the in the East. And I'm just we talked about Julio Rodriguez briefly uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. two days ago. It, he... He is, I think, the ultimate X factor. He has a chance to be the best player on this Mariners team this year. And if he's truly excellent as a 21-year-old rookie, they, they, they will be in the playoffs, I think. I mean, you think, uh, you're saying, you yeah. think this kid can be the best player this year on the Mariners roster? Fangraphs, which the, for the clutch metric, they project him as their best position player this year as a rookie. Wow. Ahead of all the other All-Stars. What is that, 30? Yeah. 30 seconds. That'll be the new thing. Here we go. 30 different reality shows, writes Ken Rosenthal, taking place over the next six months in ballparks across North America. He speaks truth here, John, and TJ has it. The steady rhythm of a season, the daily drama surrounding each club is part of baseball's magic. Oh, yeah. And for TJ and for people who have a team to follow every day, happy for you at the major league level. We have it right here in our world. They're known as the Beavers going to USC We'll see you down there this weekend. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. Someone came up with this, and I saw it, and it was genius. One thing to say on that.